Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. That's why I gotta I gotta know did uh did ratatouille make any ratatouille? <laughs> ratatouille did not make any ratatouille. I I think ratatouille is. I mean I don't know what why that dish is famous because it has the worst ingredients you can imagine in a dish. <laughs> it's like eggplant, squash, and zucchini, so three different squashes, which no one likes as far as I know. Uh, and they're made in like the worst way you can make those ingredients. They're like they're just like in a stew together. It's not like they're like you know sauteed or something and they're like mm-hmm. seared and the only way to make those things good uh they're just there's yeah I, li- I like all three of those but they but they have to be sauteed and crispy and stuff. right yeah yeah so anyway it's like i guess they mix them with tomatoes and make a stew sort of thing out of it so i don't know but no so i've had ratatouille once or twice and did not like it but the 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 costume was a hit she she did great everyone uh the halloween people all seemed to i mean a surprising number of people recognized her which they said, hey, you're Ratatouille, which is not really accurate because that's the name of the movie. The guy's name is Remy in it, the mouse or the rat. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's that's a, that's what we knew it as. So I think I think most people have not actually seen the movie or maybe did, but... Uh, I, I don't think... I mean, I would have I would have not known what the name the rat's name was. And I've seen the movie a couple times probably. Okay. So yeah, so everyone said, you're Ratatouille. So that was, that was kind of good. And... Uh, a nice, a happy side effect of the pandemic Halloween culture. I, we talked about this earlier, Doug, and you said that it's not, didn't seem that way to you. But to me, this year was, I don't remember last year's Halloween. I guess maybe there was no Halloween. Oh, yeah, we didn't. That's right. We had a little party ourselves for just our family. Um, yeah, I think Halloween was kind of canceled last year. Right. So anyway, so this one, uh, there was a whole lot of uh, candy out in front of houses in a bowl. And like what people used to do when they weren't home or something. Um but now it was like seemed like every other house had that, and those who didn't, you know, might be sitting on their porch and still had the candy down. But it, but the point was, the kids got to pick and choose their candy, mm. so I think they got much more vegan candy than usual, uh, which was not ideal for me, but but good for them to have a chance <laughs> to, to get a bunch more candy than they usually do. That's good. So our our Halloween, the way Black Mountain does Halloween is they block off you know like four or five blocks, and everyone kind of congregates in the same space. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, that's really fun because basically, like, all your friends are there. You run into all these people. Right. But it puts a lot of pressure on those houses. And, and this year, I guess they were anticipating it being huge, and it was huge. Uh, somebody I spoke to said they handed out over 3,000 pieces of candy. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, just, like, totally bonkers. It, you know, it was really wild that night. But, uh, but because of that, there's, like, you know, they're just, like, hand you a piece of candy and go kind of thing. Uh-huh. You know, the, there's no lingering. There's no. You know, there's hardly right. any time to say trick or treat. They're just like, <laughs> here's your candy, be gone, <laughs> next. Uh, so you know, so Eliza actually didn't get very much uh, vegan candy as I was looking through it. But the the positive thing is that she seems to have kind of forgotten about it. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, you know, it's really like she had a couple pieces that night and then wanted uh, one the next day. And then I haven't heard her mention it since, so it's just kind of sitting on our <laughs> on our counter. It's fun. That's what happened with my kids, and I, like when they were that age. Now they're a little more into the candy than they than they were. But I don't know. Maybe just because they're sort of, you know, like like you, if you raise your kids to eat a lot of real food, they just sort of don't have the taste for a whole lot of candy. I don't because when I was a kid, yeah. we would eat every bit of it. I mean, it was like and oh, yeah. and a lot half of it that first night. 
and then yeah, yeah, over exactly. the next week it would be gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. She was so excited about. It. I mean, she kept talking about all like all the candy she was right. going to get, and then I don't know. You know, I guess it's just not not really scratching a niche that that she right. has. Well, keep keep training her. Just keep stuffing it in. Eventually, <laughs> she'll come around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keep dropping Jolly Ranchers in her in her cereal or whatever. <laughs> yes. Just kidding. I don't uh, Jolly Ranchers. I don't think are vegan, right? Ah, uh, yeah. I think that's one of the ones that is not vegan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, Doug. Will you owe us a race recap? Yeah. Everyone's on edge, wondering what Everybody happened. Everybody has to know what happened during my fifty <laughs> k. Yes. Well, I didn't PR. Okay. And uh, we, you know, the big thing we talked about was uh, this was a PR, a PRable race, and it right. was a hundred percent a PRable race. I, I stand by that. Because uh, it was flat. Is that what it was? Yeah, it wasn't like totally flat. This um, was Fanta Flora for, for everyone. Fanta Flora Fifty K is down near Lake James, mm-hmm. um, and it it uh. You know, I mean, really, like it was it was rolling the whole time. There was basically no flat mm-hmm. to the whole thing, but it was very gradual rolling. And uh, you know, it, we talked a couple weeks ago about how I was nervous about it because it's been years since I've run a race where there wasn't like obvious times to walk. You know, like big hills, big uh-huh. climbs. There weren't you know where the course didn't dictate when you were walking. Right. And for the first fifteen miles, fifteen sixteen miles, like I just every time I was like, okay, here's a little climb i'm gonna walk i'd get to the top of it yeah it was like right there and, it, and, right. and then it was done right. and i was like oh well shoot i didn't walk so um it, it was just kind of it was a very different mindset to to get through the race and and you know really think about pacing in a different way because you could actually run the whole thing and mm-hmm. uh and that was great so the second half of the race i did i, I definitely walked a bit more i uh but it was it was more like when i was eating you know i was trying to be intentional like if there are other things that I needed to do where walking would mm-hmm. uh, be better. So, you know, walking or adjusting my pack or just kind of like stretching my back out and shaking my arms out, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I made sure to walk during those times. And there was, there was one, one climb that was probably a quarter mile long. And I did, uh, I did definitely walk that. Gotcha. And so the end result was what? The you end felt- result was, uh, like six hours and 11 minutes or something. Um, mm-hmm. And you ha- felt like it was a good race, just not. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, honestly, I was as, as I was as happy as as it could have gone. I, my mm-hmm. nutrition was on point. I ate a lot of plant bites, which was cool. It's I was first time racing what, with what plant you bites eat these days, and like this do. I mean, I just have this sense that from from basically because Aaron, my wife, is running a fifty k soon, and I was just looking at different races and trying to help her pick one, and I had the sense there's a little bit more. Uh, I, don't, I don't think awareness is the word, but like. Um, just people being receptive to to the idea that there are vegetarians and vegans running now, mm-hmm. and they'll talk about they'll list all the aid station food out ahead of time, or they'll say there's going to be vegetarian or vegan chili afterwards, or whatever it is. Um, is that is that a thing? Like, are, are races seeming to be a little bit more? Yeah, adaptable? definitely. I mean, I, th- I think that that's been a trend in the last few years. But I mean, this one in particular, you know, which wasn't a vegan race or, mm-hmm. or anything; it was just a regular old race. Um, you know, they made a point to call out that after the race, there'd be chili provided to runners, both vegan and meat option. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you went up to it, they said, you want vegan or do you want meat? And it wasn't just like a little bit of vegan that they kind of like set aside. Mm-hmm. It was like giant pot of, of vegetarian or, or vegan meat, uh, chili and a giant pot of, of meat one. And, 
I don't know. It's just like they, they incorporated that just as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so aid you... stations, aid stations here, um, and I don't know if this is still the case everywhere, but are still still like uh, like pandemic aid stations where everything is single serve, and so instead of like a giant thing of chips where you're everyone's like reaching their hand in mm-hmm. it's like all these like single serve bags of pretzels or mm-hmm. chips or that that kind of thing uh-huh. which was different i hadn't this since it was my first race since before the pandemic started uh that was different because i normally wouldn't take like a whole bag of pretzels or something like that right it'll be nice to get back to the days when we can all stick our hands in the same yeah exactly <laughs> yeah sweaty. when you can like yeah. when you can like rub lube on your on your thigh and then stick lick your finger and stick it in a big jug of salt and and then lick it <laughs> which which uh, you know is uh, definitely is done in in ultramarathons <laughs> yeah um <laughs> yeah no it so so that was kind of different but uh, i i used mostly plant bites which mm-hmm. was the first time i got to do that during a race i i did plant protein bites with a little extra protein before mm-hmm. the race and then during the race was plant bites um had about two an hour which is maybe less than i would have had of like goo or something like that but uh it was like perfect for what i needed and then at aid stations i had some banana and pretzels just kind of was my go-to mm-hmm. and um and honestly like i energy wise and stomach wise i felt so good the entire time it was hmm. really nice wow very good yeah um so so yeah so that was great but what what was interesting and i think what we're kind of going to talk about today was um you know this race and for all intents and purposes was just kind of another race it was a 50k it was uh everyone i don't know maybe have raced maybe six or seven 50ks uh maybe more mm-hmm. so you know the distance wasn't anything special my training was okay at best uh i you know i've been i've been running and i've been training been doing some long runs so that's like great it's been motivating to do that but you know there's nothing about the training that was saying that i should pr or something like that right um and you know and the course was local and uh it was cool but you know it's not like it was really motivational the course itself Mm -hmm. um but and so, you know, so I was kind of approaching the race as just, you know, a chance to get back out and race and do something fun. But what I found, and especially is like the last couple miles, like the last 45 minutes, um, an hour or so, I just, I started getting really emotional, like, like really emotional. I'm one to always get emotional when I cross the finish line. Like it's always mm-hmm. just kind of this release mm-hmm. and, and I've cried at many finish lines. Um, <laughs> There's a great photo after my first 50 miler of me just like sobbing on Katie <laughs> in Katie's arms and people like there's like people you know with like weird like what is what has happened to that guy <laughs> eyes like looking at me because <laughs> I'm just like you know like very vocally sobbing um, you know I've, I've I've been one to cry at finish lines but this was you know never like in the final miles and uh, and and this I just got super emotional during the final miles and it took me a few minutes to figure out why but. But then it would just kind of hit me. So as as we've said, my my last race was February of 2020, which was uh, it was almost two weeks to the day before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And then 19 months later, you know, I'm running this other race, and a lot in my life has changed in the last 19 months. A lot in everybody's life has changed. Uh, you know, certainly everything with pandemic. But you know, we had a kid. Um, you know, I, I went through an election. You know, all this all this stuff. My Katie sold her business and and you know that was very 
kind of a heartbreaking and tragic thing for our family. Uh, you know, my work has changed. So what my roles with Nomad Athlete and Compliment have changed. Like, there's mm-hmm. just been a lot that's happened, and and it's and hasn't all been good. Of course, there's been a lot of a lot of good with the new baby and everything, but a lot of stress and a lot of kind of uh, things that uh, our fa- it's been a hard year and a half for for our family. And um, when I was running and I was about to finish this this race, it kind of was like a bookend to that entire thing. And, and I didn't realize that going into it, but to have the race at the beginning and to have the race at the end, because the past few months we have, we have really been coming out of it. And then everybody, I feel like my family anyway, but just collectively, I think people are in a much better place. Uh, it just felt like, okay, now is a chance to move on. Now is a chance to wrap up that chapter. don't know mm-hmm. what the next 19 months are going to hold, but uh, this is a real opportunity for me to kind of, a real concrete way to say like, that's done. Let's, mm-hmm. let's move on. Independent of what happens with, with pandemic stuff, right? Sure. I mean, you know, just, I mean, right. Obviously we're still very much, that's, that's still a very important, they're big thing that's happening across the globe. You know, it does feel like Delta has kind of come and wrecked havoc here in the United States, at least in the South. And, uh, and now we're beginning to come out of that a little bit. Um, you know, ahead of the holidays and that kind of thing. But, you know, but regardless of what happens with the pandemic, I feel like my family and me personally, I am in a very different place now than I was six, eight, 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this feels like a really like a line in the sand that say, you know, yeah, yeah. Like you did it. Now let's, now let's see what's next. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's important because I think, you know, we all thought like, well, maybe not, maybe not everybody, but like, it seemed like, the pandemic stuff was over in the summertime yeah. or whatever. Maybe uh-huh. not summer. I guess we were like springtime. Um, and so I guess having had it like come back again, it made me, it just somehow, once it came back once to me, it was like, wow, like maybe, maybe we never can actually like, and even not the pandemic, maybe it's something else that happens next. But like, I guess it just sort of has taught me like, you know, to like appreciate like whenever there's really good times and it's, you have a lot of freedoms and all these things like appreciate that and live that up and do it. And also like you have to sort of learn and grow so that you are, I guess so that you aren't dependent on like everything being perfect around you in order to be happy and, you know, mm. keep your fitness up and keep your habits and like all this. So like, I think sort of everyone probably should or maybe has to get where you have gotten rather than just like keep waiting and say, well, once this is over, then I'll be able to like get back to normal and be happy again. Because yeah. you know, we just, I mean, it's just, I think that's not a healthy, it, you're just sort of putting everything in, in, you know, outside of your control entirely. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think when you can sort of take control of yourself and say, you know, I'm, I'm able to be happy and do fulfilling things and all these things, regardless of what's going on around me, I think that's, that's a big opportunity to, to grow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when, when things did kind of lift, when all the restrictions lifted and, and everyone was kind of celebrating that the pandemic was was wrapping up vaccinations or, you know, vaccines were available and all that stuff. And, um, and then like Delta hit and everything kind of shut down again and slowed down again. I was like really pissed. I mean, I was like, I was just really mad <laughs> that we were having to do that again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think that like, just like you said, it was kind of after I got over that initial shock and frustration, it's kind of like, you know, who knows how long this will, this will be. It might be, couple months it might be a couple years it might be the rest of our life that we're we're dealing with kind of the ebbs and flows of of something like like this 
and mm-hmm. uh, and I can't just sit around. Exactly what you said. It can't just sit around waiting for you know everything to get quote unquote but get back to normal because right. what is normal? You know, right? Right. Uh, if it's not the pandemic, it's flooding or whatever. You know. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Good. So that's all wonderful. Congratulations. I'm glad to hear that. Um, Thank you. I have similarly had a really nice return to fitness. I think what you're saying is not entirely about a return to fitness. Um, no. For me, it I think more is specific to that. Uh, but this year has been a really good one as far as getting back to healthy habits. Um, and so I think... You know, if if there's more to do in this episode, it would be to kind of talk about those things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think where we should where to begin with that. I mean, I don't, I don't think we want to do a whole how to get back, which is something we are planning for for the future. But uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned to me that you can do three pull ups now when you started the year off with the goal <laughs> of doing five. Yep. And what do you start at? One, two? One. one. Okay, so you're halfway. Yeah. You're halfway, but, but maybe you're on some sort of exponential uh, path so that the, we can expect <laughs> the halfway point to come late in the year. I think I am because it took at least six months for me to like do anything. And then it's been the kettlebell that uh, that has changed that for me, for sure. Okay, but but the kettlebell specifically isn't helping you with pull-ups, is it? No, no, no. But it, you know, just kind of uh, that has... <clears throat> well, it might be a little bit because I'm doing some like shoulder presses which and like lowers that may help be helping some i'm not sure uh <laughs> helping. you don't think that's helping okay push and the pull up is a pull yeah okay <laughs> well i don't know but whatever it is uh you know it took six months of me like you know i mean we talked about things where i was like putting broomsticks on chairs for a while and doing mm-hmm. pull-ups that way and you know all this kind of stuff and 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 I, I thought it was working but i was just never able to get any results but now now for whatever reason Wait, uh, wait, wait, you were doing, you were putting broomsticks on chairs and doing yeah, pull-ups on it? we talked about it? this. Remember? Oh, was it like a modified one? Is yeah, like, like laying a, like down, half- laying down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like a broomstick would like break or your chairs would break, doesn't it? I mean, with any person putting their weight, you must have strong chairs. <laughs> I think we had this exact same conversation. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because okay. you were talking about the chairs breaking. And it's like, no, you just like put them really close together and... Uh-huh. And I don't know. Never had a problem. Wow. We also have a we also have a like a like a little climbing dome thing in our yard that's made out of metal that can support okay five hundred yep. pounds something yep. like that. So oh I, yeah, I, and, you, I do, and you do this at playgrounds. Yeah, and I do it at playgrounds. You take your yeah. shirt off and do do the playground. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Good. All right. So that yeah. That, so that is that is real progress. And I think I think yeah. I think so. That's that's the answer. Is that like that first that getting to two from one took all that effort. Yeah, that's right. But but now you're now you have escape velocity and now you're gonna get the rest. So have you been doing the uh, the grease the groove thing where you do them every time you walk by the bar and doing like ten sets of two every day, or every uh, yeah. Well, so I don't I still don't have a pull up bar, um, okay. which has probably been my that biggest. That would have been, been a decent investment. Early, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was really relying on those. Excuse me, those playgrounds. Um, but I am yeah. I mean. Uh, every time I every time I have something to pull up on, I'm doing it. <laughs> okay, but, and right. that that is that is more frequent than you realize. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Glad to hear that. <laughs> anyway, we didn't need to go down the path of me, but but I think what you were saying was uh, 
Well, I don't know. You, you talked about yourself, what you were saying. Uh, I don't remember what I was saying. I think I was, I really was just wondering about the progress of your, uh, your push-up <laughs> challenge. For me, I think the only thing that stands, not, not the only thing, there's certainly like a lot, and I've kind of, I've talked about it a little bit, but I really like did a whole lot of different tra- health sort of transformation. Like I just, I did, I really got into healthy eating. I started running again. I started, I did all the kettlebell stuff and made a lot of progress with that. I got injured with the kettlebells. I, th- I assume it was kettlebells. It was sort of a, um, I guess like an overuse kind of injury. I don't, I don't know when I got injured, but my shoulders just suddenly one day started not feeling that good. And then it started feeling worse and I didn't want to take time off. So, but that led me to get back to that supple leopard book by Kelly Starrett, uh, who's like the mobility guy. And so now, and Aaron, my wife is doing all this running and she's also had, you know, little tweaks and things. So she's gotten into that. So now we both do all this mobility work that we had mm. wanted to do forever as we were getting older. It was like, Hey, this would be like a probably more important than, than, regular exercises to make sure you just stay mobile. Um, so we have done a ton of that. The sleep, you know, saga continues, but I've done a whole lot of exploration and tried everything. So like, I think I just had a, a ton of focus on healthy habits and health and all those other things. I've been, by the way, I've been into the uh, non-alcoholic beers for the past few weeks, Doug, my friends. Oh, yeah. I, th- I Which, think what, they, what have you been going towards? So the, the, I was resistant to it. I, have had non-alcoholic beers in the past, never was all that interested in them. Uh, they were okay, but they just didn't, didn't do it for me. Like, like a regular beer was not, and I don't mean for the buzz. I just mean for the taste and the experience of having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just weren't the same, but my friends have been texting it with this text thread and they keep sending in these pictures of beers and saying they're good. And finally one said, this is the best one I've had. And it was Sam Adams, uh, just the haze. It's called. That's what I told you about. I mentioned that's the that. one you mentioned. Okay, mm-hmm. wow, yeah. that's funny, and that would have been like months ago, right? That you mentioned that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably six, eight weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. A while ago. Wow, sure. that's funny. I did not put that together. Uh, yeah, so that one is really good. I mean, right? that's that's like ninety five percent as good as a regular hazy IPA, which are mm-hmm. delicious. So it's really good. Uh, yeah, and so that that made me start actually seeking them out because I was like, I could replace my weekday beer with this and that's that's what I'm, I'm not trying to give up drinking uh and i'm still having wine now and then with dinner but like you know most weeknights just a nine o'clock beer and it is wonderful mm-hmm. um and and i went like there's i mean that's like a whole industry now the the non-alcoholic beer industry like yeah, there are a bunch of breweries, breweries that are just, yeah there are breweries that just do that and they make all different styles you can get i have a non-alcoholic non-alcoholic stout in my fridge which is actually very good um uh, hmm. so it's it's yeah, you, I mean, you can you can actually have a variety of interesting beer tastes that isn't quite the same as regular beer, not quite as good, but uh, but it's good enough, and it, and it really just you know it satisfies whatever the whatever the urge is. Who makes so the anyway, stout that you're drinking? Uh, it is called Bravus, B R A V U S. Have you heard of that one? I no. believe they're an entirely non-alcoholic brewery. Hmm. Um, I want to try that Athletic Beer Company. I've heard their things are good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. It's a weird name. Like, why is that athletic? It doesn't make sense to me. I know. Uh, I uh, I've been happy with the athletic beers that brewing beers that I've happy, had. but not not. But not like this is blowing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they make a bunch of different styles. I've only had I right. think the like pale ale and IPA. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's. I think that is a that is a very nice consequence of technology that we now have good non-alcoholic beers, mm. and I have a feeling it's going to keep getting better, like everything else. Um, but anyway, that was the point of that was to say that I've just 
wellness overall doing a whole lot more of it this year and that's been good and the only thing that kind of jumped out at me as noteworthy um is that when i started doing the mobility thing it reminded me that i had had this goal i think it was in 2019 when at the start of the year i said my goal this year is to get in the best shape of my life because i kind of realized i was coming up on 40 and i just didn't want to be out of shape and i really didn't do that much like i did i did a little bit but never got to the point where like it just felt like fitness is my thing again and i'm like i do something every day was your Uh, your boxing part of this year or was that last year no that was last year i mean that was that was actually two years ago that's when i wanted to do that oh oh, okay but then i the gym like it's funny that something so small as the gym changing their class schedule around so that I couldn't get to these morning Muay Thai classes anymore. No, I'm I'm talking about in your basement, weren't you? Yeah, so I did that in the pandemic. I put up I because I was mm-hmm. kind of coming off of that Muay Thai thing, right, right. and so I put the dummy and boxing stuff. I had this little setup for that, and it lasted for like a month. It was fine. It was okay, but it just wasn't the same as going to the gym and doing it. it didn't didn't sure do a lot of the same, you know, the positive things that came from that. So anyway, um. So that that kind of failed. What I guess the like the interesting thing to me about about this year is like I did not have the goal of making this year my return to health or the year that I'd get in the best shape of my life. And I don't know if I am. I'm definitely like sort of all around better fitness than I've been before. Where I'm not, you know, in hundred miles shape or Boston Marathon shape, but I also have strength, and I'm not all about strength. Where I also have a bunch of body fat, and I don't have any aerobic fitness. Like I'm really balanced in a way I haven't been in a long, long time, maybe ever. Um, but it didn't come from setting a goal of like, I want to get in the best shape. It came from saying, when I turned 40 saying, I really want to be in, it'd be great to be in really good shape when I was, when I turned 50 and not feel mm-hmm. like I do now turning 40 at the end of that pandemic year when I was probably in the worst shape of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the only interesting thing to me is that, is that like, I've always been someone who's motivated by the short term goal. The thing that I really don't give myself enough time to do like set this goal that says six months from now, this is going to happen. Like, I just don't, I just haven't ever had that patience to say, I'm going to set a thing that a decade long goal and I'm going to start now because it always seems like you could just put it off. So I've never been successful with that, but somehow this year it was different. Um, not having a really short time goal. Like, I don't know. It just made everything less stressful and it made it okay for me to start with this, kettlebell thing where like i spent the first i don't know probably three months of that just doing like the introductory like learning the form like practicing treating it like a practice learn the form wasn't heavy weight it was just like do this thing for 20 or 30 minutes don't do anything else during that time and just and i felt like you know who cares if that takes three months to get anywhere uh it's okay because i have a whole decade to accomplish this thing that i you know not not even accomplish something it's like i have my goal is get healthy this decade. So um, it just was really interesting how it has worked out and how that thing led to the next thing and that led to the next. And suddenly I'm back in shape. And it wasn't from, you know, a conscious decision to like immediately right now this year get back in shape. Right. But it happened. Uh, I feel like it was more, speaking of pushing and pulling with your kettlebells and and, uh, and pull-ups, <laughs> it felt more that I wasn't pushing at it. It just had this this vision in the future that sort of just kind of has pulled me towards uh being in shape again so been been very interesting for sure mm-hmm. and it also you know different people have different forms of stress but i've had a lot in the past few months um really about getting into this new house and and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that comes 
with that and just even the thought of buying a house and like settling like that set, you know setting like i don't i just i'm just it's just not in my nature to kind of want to be locked into a place like that right um so there's i've had we've had a whole lot of stuff and the fitness has really been like such a positive way to deal with it and, and in the past when i've gone through stressful things and it's like the recommendation was we'll do you know have a fitness routine or do some running because that'll help you know endorphins and all this other stuff and like in those moments it's so hard to like start mm-hmm. doing the fitness because it's going to help you it just feels like such a a hard thing to get going with in hopes of it making you feel better somehow um but you know because i sort of had that going in it it really and i just sort of intensified what i was doing and and got it. so in in many ways um you know the stress has been good because it has got me to or gotten me to like really focus on healthy habits and stuff uh, even back to some meditation now because of my awful sleep woes, which are still terrible. Uh, but back into meditating. So now, yeah, just things are things are very good, and I'm very grateful for the year that has been. Well, good. I'm 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 really glad to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> Do you know you know what's what's what I'm kind of hearing you say, or I'm I'm definitely hearing you say, and what's been interesting for me in this this year as well, uh, which is. You know, always I've had a, a very, like, concrete goal. You know, run a 100-miler, run a marathon, you know, I don't know, have some sort of, like, clear goal, and that's what I'm putting all my uh, my training and all my fitness energy into. Mm-hmm. This year, since I didn't really have any of that, uh, you know, I had the pull-ups, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't uh, buy a bullet bar, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Didn't even buy a bar, so. <laughs> um, uh, But you know, it's it's just been kind of a natural transition to uh, to like more general fitness. So you know, I'm still running, but uh-huh. also doing the kettlebell stuff. Also uh, doing a little bit of yoga. You know, doing things that uh, that were never a huge priority for me in the past, or even as part of my my fitness routine in the past mm-hmm. and the general fitness, it feels really good. You know, I got to say like, it feels, it feels, uh, really good to f- like in, in my body, but then it also feels, uh, you know, a lot more kind of sustainable and like, okay, this is how I am healthy at 50 or whatever. Yeah. And you, so you think I was going to ask you if you thought it had a lot to do with age and just getting older. And then you said at 50. So I'm assuming that that's that it does for you that you're thinking of it as a longevity yeah. and general wellness thing. I mean, I am, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not 40. Uh, so I'm, I'm not thinking about, I want to be healthy at the age of 50 or, you know, right. like, like you, like what, what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're old and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like that's, that, that hasn't been a motiv- motivator for me is what I'm saying. But, uh, you know, I, I certainly think it has to do a little bit with age and it's kind of maturity and, um, where I am in life with kids and, and all that stuff and time and that kind of thing. You know, just, it feels really nice to feel, uh, to feel healthy or to feel a little bit fit in ways that, um, that I haven't. And, you know, even when I've been, you know, maybe thinner or faster or been able to run longer, uh, I still haven't, I feel fit in different ways now. And that, I like that. It feels good. Yeah. I mean, there's, this is not news, I don't think, to anyone. Maybe it is. It would have been news to me if I was 20. Uh, <laughs> there's a huge difference between fitness and, like, specialization in an activity. And and some activities maybe require a general all-around fitness, but, but ultra running certainly doesn't. And, like, 
in many ways, like I, I would, I would have thought, wow, someone who can run a hundred miles, like that must, you must be in really good shape to do that. And like, when I think back on it now, I was in really good shape for that. Like I was, right. I was really thin and I didn't have any muscle mass, which made it really good for running that kind of distance. And probably strong lungs. I mean, you had, you know, I had a level of fitness that. Sure. Yeah. Like there was, there was good things and that's certainly better than being out of shape on the couch, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not like suddenly you're world's fittest man because you can run right. a long way and because you're really yeah. good at not quitting something in your head. Because like, so much of ultra running for me was about just mentally like learning how to not quit things. Uh, so yeah, I think I think, and even like qualifying for Boston, like that for me was a higher level of fitness for sure than than running hundred mile was running eight hundred miles was. Um, but even that, like a lot of like undeveloped, you know, I just didn't have strength I man and i couldn't because I, if i would have had a lot of upper body strength i would have had probably needless weight uh that wouldn't mm-hmm. make me as good as i or as fast as i could have been now i'm, I'm kind of questioning that now i think perhaps there's a, a strength component to running that if you really develop that it may actually benefit your running if you can do it without putting on weight and for me like in the past i always associated being strong with having bigger muscles but as we talked about a couple episodes ago um there's a difference and you can you can have a, a different. You can have muscles that are sort of dense and, and not have any more weight, but you can have you can be good at the skill of strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm I'm kind of exploring those things now. But but for me, yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. Like I, there's definitely a big difference between and and like mobility is another one. Like right, you you can be mm. if you if you just do one activity and let's say running because that's what we've both done. Like my hips are are completely closed shut now from running and sitting at a desk. And like, that was mainly what I did where a lot of my time went into those activities. Um, you know, like you're not necessarily because you're really good at one specific activity. You're not, you're not very good at other things because your, your body adapts. And now I didn't have any reason to move side to side very well or lift my legs up to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, for me, it is just like, I realized like there's, there's this whole side of fitness that, I just didn't explore at all with, with yeah. running. Um, and not, not, I mean, this would be true of cycling. This would be true of any activity that wasn't like a full body workout. Um, so anyway, it's just, as we get older, tri- priorities change, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we it's, get lamer. And we, <laughs> we just want general fitness. No, yes. I mean, you know, I think about Ryan Hall a lot. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why I think, but I wouldn't say a lot. I don't think about <laughs> Ryan Hall a lot, but, but in this conversation, I'm thinking about Ryan Hall and his, uh, transformation after he stopped racing marathons. I actually don't know about his transformation. Oh, really? I mean, I know he was super into religion. Is that, that's not what you mean? No, that's, that's, that's not what I mean. Uh, oh man, you should, you should Google him. Uh, okay. I mean, you should do it now because I'd love to second. see your reaction. Yeah. Uh, his, you know, he's, it was this skinny dude, fastest American marathoner ever maybe, or, or at least uh, at the time when he was racing. And uh, when he quit racing, he completely changed everything. He quit running. He went to the gym and started, he, like his thing was, or what he said at the time was, I want to do all the things, the fitness things that I've never been able to do before. Mm-hmm. And so he just put on a ton of muscle mass and he just like got <laughs> ripped. I don't know if you've looked yeah, at him yet, but I am. He he's huge. He's huge. Yeah. And 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 now now I guess his thing is that he wants to be the strongest guy to run the fastest 
Ah. Half mile or something like that. You know, like I forget what it's like. A mile under a mile under five minute mile and lift five hundred pounds or something. Something. Okay. I don't know what it is. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just like I think about that guy as a as somebody who has been has dedicated his life to a very specific fitness thing yeah. that has not necessarily been like the healthiest thing he could have been. And and I'm not saying that, you know, having a huge, being as big as he is now is the healthiest thing he could do. But right. um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. It is interesting. And it's, it, I feel like this is not that uncommon that someone who's, who's really, really good, the best in the world. I mean, maybe he wasn't the best in the world, but in, in many ways he was one of the best. Um, it's interesting to see when, when they change their focus uh, and they can become extremely good at something else because it's, it's so many of the same skills mm-hmm. and i guess the mental discipline or just the ability to achieve things um but it is always cool to see people do that the guy josh waitskin the kid who was the searching for bobby fisher the um the movie was about the chess prodigy mm-hmm. he he went on to become i don't know when he stopped playing competitive chess but um he went on to become like a world champion uh shoot him push hands some kind of some kind of um martial arts thing hmm. that he became literally world champion in. Uh, and I just think it's so like, I don't know. It's, it's so neat that someone can put zero energy into that thing entirely. Their whole life is around one thing that is not anything to do with that. And then, and then go and take those same skills and apply them to something else. And, and in a relatively short time, become one of the best. I just think it's the coolest yeah, thing to see. Right. I mean, it makes you think about it, like, is, is uh, the world's best, uh, downhill skier actually the world's best downhill skier or are they the best at are they just really really good at training and and mindset and all the things that go into right to and so if you know is it is it skiing or is it you know if they were i don't know um jump roping (laughs) you know could could they could they be the world's best jump roper or whatever right right yeah i mean i think i think in many ways it's latter i think a lot of research nowadays is starting to come out and people are really I think it's a great thing too. Start questioning this idea of like this, the genetics play a huge part in becoming the best in the world at something. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are several books about it that are really good. Uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell is one. The, what else is there? The talent code is not quite like that. Um, talent is overrated. Good one. Mm-hmm. I think it's by Jeff Colvin. Anyway, it's about how, how so much of what talent is, is actually just working really hard. This deliberate practice, this 10,000 hour rule uh, that that's, that's what it really is. And that, you know, but obviously though, there is a combination, right? Cause certain, like you said, with jump roping, maybe there's a body type that you have to do all those things and you have to have the right body type to be the truly best jump roper or best downhill skier or Michael Phelps, right? Like he, if he was, if he was five foot five, he probably wouldn't have been Michael Phelps, even if he had all that dedication and hard work right. ethic. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So I guess before we wrap up, mm-hmm. We've been tooting our own horn here for a while. It's been a good, definitely good, good conversation, bragging about how good we're feeling and yep. uh, you know all that stuff. Uh, what if what if you're not feeling that good? Like, what if this year has not been uh, a well-rounded health year for you, and you're you're feeling a little bit stuck going into a new year, going into a new year holiday season? Like, you know, we we talk a lot about first steps and that kind of thing. But where would you start if you were listening to this and feeling discouraged? Uh, yes, very good question and a convenient one because I actually just started thinking about this yesterday because you and I decided that I was going to write this seven part series over the Thanksgiving yeah. week. 
that would be about this. And this is not to to pitch that or promote that because there's nothing to <laughs> opt in for for that. I guess I guess you'd have to be on the, our email list. But uh, yeah, so I, I was thinking where like where is literally the first step? And for me, the first step I can think about was I don't know three months before I actually started doing anything, um, and it's when I ordered a scale online because I mm. looked at myself in the mirror and was like, wow, I've never like seen myself look what I think looks like just fat and it's not like i was huge by any means i mean I, I still wasn't heavy but i was that skinny fat which they call where you're you're light and small but you know all your weight is fat um <clears throat> i felt like i was that and i mean i i would have been the last person <clears throat> if you'd asked me five years ago to order a scale on amazon like i just i have, had no interest in that i thought well, like why would i track my weight that just like leads to unhealthy habits like, like what do i need that for just I'll just be active and eat healthy whole foods and I'll be good. Um, and so for me, like actually doing that was just this step of like very slightly changing the environment that it would sort of cue me and remind me to, you know, do something like, I don't know that there was some, some bit of accountability in place. So I could at mm-hmm. least had this thing. I could step on the scale every week or every day or whatever, even if I wasn't trying to get healthy and I could just be aware of what the, you know what the problem was so for me i think that's the very very first step and maybe maybe people are past that already but i think that that's sort of just like don't keep hiding from this thing and just i mean it's i think i do this a lot like you start to realize something's wrong and then you just don't let yourself think about it like you just hide from it and you for me mm-hmm. i just kept i said no i was like no i'm just super into cooking right now and i'm just going to keep making all these foods that i really like and I'm not motivated to do running and running was all I really thought of as fitness back then. I didn't, I wasn't going to go to the gym and I don't know. It just, it was just easy to keep saying, just kind of stay on the path. So I think the very, very first step, uh, almost like step zero is just, just stop, um, hiding, like just say it's time to actually do something. And then, and then however, however, whatever facing it looks like for you, for me, it was just stepping on the scale. Um, and and that was like a body fat scale so you know i had some number that i was like wanted to see if i could move it um <laughs> that was that was the very first step and then i guess if i had to give another one because i don't like that one that's kind of a boring one <laughs> uh, <laughs> i really think for me it's like if you're in if you if you let yourself get into a rut and you're in this point where you, you're six months now or a year now or whatever without doing whatever you think you're supposed to be doing I would say you need to like change your definition of what you're supposed to be doing. And for me, if I had said I have to start running again, and that's what I was saying was like, that's what fitness would be, would be to start running again. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't happen because I, there's a reason why you've gone a year without doing it. Like mm-hmm. that thing is boring to you. And now there's too big of a story around it, around why you don't do it and you're dreading of it. But like, if you completely just change it. And for me, it was ordering the kettlebell and the book. Like I, I just I was not at all the type of person who would be into kettlebells. It was not the type of fitness I was interested in. Uh, as I said, it seemed too hardcore and just too hard. Like it just seemed like that would be painful to stand in my house and do kettlebell lifts. But for some reason, whatever reason, it attracted me and I got it and I started. Um, and that and that's the whole reason this worked for me is I found something that was totally different that was not the thing I was used to doing. Uh, and, and it turned out that I really liked how it felt to do it. So I think I realized that's that's difficult. Like, it's difficult to, like, say, okay, pick something that you 
don't typically like as your exercise form and start that. Uh, cause that's not the answer either. But I think, I think really it's just about like somehow expanding your mind and saying like, what else could I do besides this thing that I have all this big story and resistance to in my head now, like what else could fitness look like that isn't that. And that's where I think that's where I think you should begin. Start exploring this thing that does more for you than just, you know, starts getting you back in shape. It does something else that is exciting or badass or makes you feel like the different feelings than you're used to feeling from, from fitness. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, so I love that. And, uh, I have to admit that changing your definition is way, way better of a first step than buying a scale. Um, <laughs> or at least uh, way more exciting for me. And, and that's, that's, you know, I mean, the whole episode has kind of been about that in a lot of ways of, of how we've kind of reframed things over the last year. And so, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. That's great. Okay. And what do you got? You got any, any, uh, get back to fitness tips? You know, um, oh man, I actually haven't thought of one. I was going to ask it to you, <laughs> you and didn't think about okay. it myself. You know, I think most of, most of the life of this podcast, we've talked a lot about like set a big goal, a big inspiring goal, inspiring goal, and, you know, do those kind of steps. And, and that wasn't what worked for me this year. And it wasn't, hasn't really worked for me in a little while, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, and so, you know, I think that, I don't know, I don't know if, uh, if that's just dated advice or if that's just where people are in their lives or, or something like that, but you know, I don't know that that always works. So I think that, um, that, you know, I think changing the definition, like you said, is, is a, is a great idea, you know, finding something that, um, thinking outside the box, finding something, anything that, that is, uh, is something that you feel like would be exciting for you day in and day out. And that's, that doesn't have to mean like running a marathon and training for this really hard goal. That's going to be really challenging for you and really hard for you. But instead, you know, what is it that I'm going to enjoy doing all the time? And, and that, that could be, uh, that could be going on walks with your family. That could be going on runs with your friends a couple times a week or, or going to a CrossFit gym and, you know, getting motivated that way. What, you know, whatever it is, like, I think that, or, or, paddleball or something like that in something totally outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you can find something like that, then, then everything else begins to kind of fall into place. At least it, it normal, normally does. Yep. I believe that is correct. Most of the, the most important habit you can start is the one where you give yourself, uh, the time to do something that like you actually really enjoy doing. And, and it might even be fitness, right? Like if you're truly like just in one of those ruts, I think one of the best things you can do is, is actually not, not think about like, I have to pick an activity that that's going to get me in shape, mm-hmm. but you just have to start saying like, I'm going to carve out 30 minutes, whether that means waking up early or just putting this thing on my calendar that is unmovable, immovable, uh, that says, this is my 30 minutes to do X. And that, that might be like practicing the guitar. It might be calling a friend. It might be watching a well, I probably shouldn't be watching TV, but it could be something, something that makes you laugh or something if you're always down. But like, mm-hmm. I think that's like that's how you really get started. Like, find, start giving yourself some amount of time, and then and then gradually you can you can convert that into giving yourself time for fitness or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you have to have you have to have those those fulfilling things. Uh, otherwise, nothing's gonna last. And for me, that's what the that's what the kettlebell and the the uh, the boxing dummy in the basement was it was it was like it was doing none of these really fulfilling things mm-hmm. um but it was supposed to look like fitness and that's why that's why for me that didn't last at all you know what what the kettlebell has done for me and this is uh and this <laughs> might be maybe we're just rambling on at this point but um <laughs> uh, it, it is right next to my desk and mm-hmm. um 
and I think that this kind of goes back to the scale thing or, or changing the definition or whatever. It goes back to all of it, it ties it up nicely, um, is instead of getting out of the mindset of thinking that I have to like dedicate 45 minutes to go for a run or to do a workout or to do something like that is like having something that is just totally accessible so that you can just knock something out for five minutes. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about that all year because that has been kind of our approach uh, yep. all year. And, and that has been so huge for me because it just makes me, even if it's not like the best way to put on muscle or the best way to, you know, get stronger or fitter or whatever, you know, of course, having your heart rate ex- elevated for extended amount of times is a good thing. Um, but, uh, but for me, it's just been like, I just feel better throughout the day. So then I want to go for a run or then I want right. to do whatever, because I've just kind of been active and I've been moving my body and, and I'm not finishing work feeling just like terrible in my own skin because I've been hunched over a computer all day. Yep. I think that is right. Um, I think we should make something around that. I don't know about I don't know what or when or how, but I think that's it. that's just such an important thing. But we but it has these pitfalls where if you try to do, you know, like we said before, you do the ten push ups every day and add one every single day or something. You there are these different things that go wrong. If you don't have any progress, if you're just doing two minutes mm-hmm. a day, because mm-hmm. because we said like at the end of a year, if you look back and said if I just would have done two minutes of push ups every single day, <laughs> you know, I'd be in somewhat better shape than if I were completely sedentary. Um, the problem with that is it never lasts because there's no no apparent progress like it, it, right. you know unless you have something that is shows growth in that uh you don't get anywhere and it, and it ends up not working so if you if all you did was sit a kettlebell next to your desk and like do it now and then if, if there's nothing around that process that that for you can represent growth or that that can lead to um you know i think i think it's very easy to just then it will just sit there and never get touched but anyway um that's that's all for another day to think about how to how to make something cool about that but i think that would be a fun little challenge to do yeah, or something love it yeah it's great all right good enough tooting our own horn <laughs> yeah exactly i hope i hope others are feeling motivated as well and if not then hopefully they can find some uh, in the in the new year uh, and i hope everyone enjoyed this ad free episode presented by right. athletic greens <laughs> that's right <laughs> no presented by compliment compliment made possible this ad free episode how about that yeah exactly uh, all right um all right Talk to you later. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks.